If only it were Carl Blaylock, but unfortunately Mr. Blaylock is headed back to his hometown of lovely Edgerton, Ohio. So you're stuck with Ethan Sargent today. I couldn't get the, the perfect uh, intro in, but I'm not alone. Um, I am joined by Michael Roth, who I'll bring in shortly. But we got we got a packed day. Uh, obviously, it's a bit of busy day in the sports world. The sports world never sleeps, and we've got lots to talk about. So let's we'll start with some uh, some recaps of what happened this past weekend in the college basketball world, including the MAC tournament, where the Ohio Bobcats ended up falling just short. And then we'll flash back to today, where it has been a busy day in the NFL world. Free agency reigning supreme, and there have been a number of notable deals, and yet there are still a number of deals to be determined, and there is a lot set to still happen. In fact, we may be breaking stuff right here on the Sports Fan as we get it on our telephones, and that gives me a good opportunity to bring in Mr. Roth. Roth, how are we, how are we doing on this fine Monday, chilly Monday, I will say? Yeah, it is, uh, <laughs> it, it's very chilly in Athens, Ohio, and... Um, you know that that might be the chill that uh, the fan base felt on uh, on Friday night, um, but a busy weekend of basketball in all levels. You know we we got NBA going on, but that's taking a back seat right now. You had high school games in the Convo divisions one through four played uh, a regional championship in the Convo D four uh, on Friday, uh, where we saw Highland. Uh, defeat Northside Christian in a crazy comeback. You know, Highland was the team uh, that unfortunately sent home the hometown favorite Federal Hawking Lancers from the tournament in, in a highly competitive game. Um, and then uh, Divisions 1 through 3 dominated uh, by Columbus teams. Afrocentric, uh, they were pushed by Garraway, but then they dominated uh, Lancaster Fairfield Union. Or, uh, excuse me, they dominated South Point. Uh, Bishop Reedy defeated Lancaster Fairfield Union in uh, the Division II Regional Championship. And Pickerington Central, led by Devin Royal, a future Ohio State Buckeye, won the Division I Regional Championship. So three uh, or four uh, pretty high-level regional championship games all hosted in the Convocation Center. Yeah, it was busy in Athens. I mean, there were cars left and right, parking lots that were not usually full were very full. It was... uh Quite busy for sure, but let's switch over now to the college game where obviously we are one day removed from Selection Sunday. And then we're going to save some of the March Madness discussions for the next couple of days. Uh, just a f- fair warning to some of you, you're going to have to deal with these two uh, for the next couple of days. It's going to be me and Michael Roth. Everybody's, of course, on a it is spring break here in Athens, so a lot of the normal suspects are back at home or on vacation wherever else they may be but no break for us a couple of us stick around a couple of us stick around so uh it'll be me and roth tomorrow and wednesday as well um and i'm sure we'll have plenty of march madness to discuss again and i think we're going to again save those conversations for the next couple days but while we have other things to talk about let's talk about let's start with the recapping of last weekend's MAC tournament. Of course, Thursday night, Ohio was able to get a victory. They were able to beat Ball State very comfortably in the end behind the 28 points of A.J. Brown, but it came screeching to a halt on Friday night as they fell short to Toledo and Roth. You were you were there, correct? You were, I was, you were there I was in the building. Uh, what were your immediate thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, um, tough uh, tough way to go out. There really is. Nothing like being a fan of a mid-major college team during conference tournament <laughs> no, week. It's um, because it, it seems like, um, especially for the Toledo Rockets, your whole season gets broken down into a three-day span on a neutral yeah. court. And, you know, oh, you had an up-and-down year this season, um, really struggled on the road. Um, had a couple chances to get some signature wins. Uh, that Michigan game, really, uh, you'll look back and remember that one. Mm. Um, I'll especially remember that one. The Belmont game. Second row, the Belmont game yeah. was another tough one. Um, but they had a crazy win over Youngstown State. And then, you know, the Bobcats in the convo. Yeah. Only one loss this year. To the and eventual was, conference champs. Yeah, that so. was to Kent State. So a lot to be happy about what OU showed at home, but eventually they just couldn't find the consistency outside of the convo. And 
they, at the end of the day, they did not make enough shots to beat Toledo. Toledo, one of the most efficient offenses in the country, and they had an okay game by their offensive yeah. standards, but Ohio um, just didn't hit enough of their open looks. The only thing that kept Ohio in the game, a 20-5 to advantage on the offensive glass. Yeah. At halftime, yeah, at halftime, we were basically like, you know, we're down six, but we're crushing them on the glass. If we start making a couple more shots, we can get back into it. Had the game. I think we had it tied once. And then um, a pretty big call. Elmore James could have gotten an and one that I believe would have tied the game, would have been shooting a free throw to take the lead. Gets taken off for a charge call. I think Toledo scores three points on the other possession. Goes from OU either being tied or up one to down five in the span of about 15 seconds there. And, you know, Ohio could never bring it back any closer. It was a game where, you know, they they had their chances. And it was it was guys just not making shots besides Jalen Hunter. The Bobcats really struggled from three-point range. Um, and, you know, the MAC player of the year, Ray J. Dennis, made some clutch plays late. I think that behind-the-back pass oh, to Cedric Milner. Uh, I think that might have been the, the, the final nail in the coffin. Well, it was. Yeah. And then you had A.J. Brown get the steal, get uh-huh. fouled for three free throws, cuts it to four. And, and at that point, it was... It was nothing more than false hope, but there was a little bit of false that, hope with that about was, 50 seconds left. That was just the whole sort of thing with that game. Is it, Whenever it seemed like Ohio would get to within four to two to four points, they would just Toledo would go on a quick 5-0, 6-0 run and extend it back to eight. They could just never fully take advantage of the momentum, and it goes back to what you were saying about them not being able to fully hit their shots. Huge shout out to Jalen Hunter, as you said. He turned he turned up twenty seven, I believe, twenty seven points, um, and he, uh, I believe, he will be sticking around um, in Athens. Hope so. Hopefully. Transfer transfer portal open today. Many um, mid major stars, low major stars, high major like kind of kids who didn't see as much minutes as they expected all entered the portal. But I, I think it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it from the other perspective. You mentioned every time Ohio got it to like two, three points, it seemed like Toledo had a bucket. Yeah. On the other end, every time Toledo got up by nine points, OU came right back and yeah. cut it to three. If I was a Toledo fan, I'd be like, man, we've been up this entire Couldn't game. Bury but they were yeah. never comfortable at all. They were always like... Like, if you were a Toledo fan, you were like, man, it's another MAC tournament semifinal. Like, they're just hanging around with us. And and eventually, it didn't it didn't go the Bobcats' way. And um, it showed some of the areas of improvement for next year. Um, you know, uh, Dwight Wilson graduated and gone, uh, was a, a key member of a couple uh, big Bobcat victories, you know, had a really productive year this year after sitting out last season with an injury. Um, and then uh, some of the plays he made uh, during the conference tournament victory run uh, were very important. Ben Roderick uh, seems like he is going uh, to be graduated. He, he's another guy who in 2021, he, he had the big game against Toledo in the semifinals, yeah. same round, um, wasn't able to recreate that magic. Um he could uh, decide to take a COVID fifth year, but it seems like that is unlikely. Speaking of COVID fifth years, seems like Miles Brown will be back. Um, that's that's the hope. Um, obviously, a big, big veteran presence. Obviously, that, that in, in this day and age with college basketball, you really never know if anybody's going to come back because <laughs> anyone could just enter the portal whenever. There's a lot so, of wizardry that you could yeah. pull off with the COVID years and the portal and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, so we we'll see what. Um, what the off season looks like. Um, it's a good thing that as OU fans, we're more excited for the regular season than the off season, because there are some college basketball fan bases. This is their, this is their postseason. They're yeah. like, Ooh, we're looking at the portal. We're seeing who we might get. This is, <laughs> this is what they get most excited about. Um, and you know, OU's had enough to actually cheer on yeah. the court during the actual season. Um, then the off season, but we'll talk about, uh, off-season championships in a different sport a little bit later. <laughs> oh, but, well, we will get to those. But, Absolutely. yeah, it's um, 
it's interesting and then you know you saw in the mac title game you saw a determined kent state team i i hate the most of the time i hate the like motivation stuff because it's like oh they said that they were unmotivated oh, but kent state had it like more After than had it kent state got like three suspensions the the video for those of you who don't remember last year the kent state after their it was after they beat akron no after they beat ou or no it was after they beat ou in the second round of the the mac tournament last year they were set to play akron in the final there was a uh, video posted on snapchat that led to three kent state players getting suspended and of course they would end up losing that game to akron and kent state until um until saturday night had not clinched a tournament berth since 2017 so, haven't, haven't won a tournament game since 2002, yeah. the famous Elite Eight run yeah. uh, with Antonio Gates. But yeah, I, I like I said, I <laughs> usually hate right the um, I usually hate the the like motivation aspect. But I think it can't be ignored how they were like you know last year it probably felt like they were robbed of that chance a little bit. They they got a big lead against Akron. It ended up a little closer than I think that game probably uh, felt like throughout the whole game. But then against Toledo it was a dominant offensive performance Kent State shot the ball well from outside uh their their bigs had a clear athletic advantage over Toledo and they were efficient they didn't beat themselves and it would have taken uh, a Herculean offensive performance by Toledo to keep up with Kent State and the Golden Flashes they're going dancing and uh you know, Rob Senderoff, he is no stranger to Indiana. Um, yeah. Kind of a guy who fell on the sword for the Hoosiers program back in the day. So he his motivation levels oh, yeah. are going to be at all-time high. It's going to be interesting it's to see. It's very popular, um, obviously. Again, we will break down the bracket on tomorrow and Wednesday. But when you look at a lot of these websites and a lot of brackets, it's one of the ones that a lot of people are talking about, like Kent State, they're – a very very as we mentioned a talented team great guards indiana you know while they are also an extremely talented team you know had a didn't have the best big 10 tournament um and we we, we will see you know it's march anything can happen and i'm again i'm very excited to break down that bracket and again going back to the loser of that game toledo i compare toledo in the basketball to ohio football in the mac 1968, of course, the last time Ohio football won the MAC, and last year seemed like it might be the year. Then, of course, Curtis Rourke gets hurt, and Ohio falls short to Toledo in the MAC title game. And you know, for those of you who don't know, a lot of those guys will be back next year. We'll talk about Ohio football a lot um, between now and their opening game in August. But in basketball, Toledo have not won the MAC since 1980. And when you look at some of the talent and some of the players that they've had come through the Rockets program in that stretch, it's kind of unfathomable that that's happened. But Toledo just hasn't been able to get over and hump it. It happened again this year. You know, it was two clear teams at the top of the MAC. You had Toledo, you had Kent State. They were always the two best. And while, you know, Ohio and Ball State and Akron had their runs and had their moments, it was always those two who were the best two. And the computer formulas would uh, would agree with you right there, yes. Sarge. I'm going I'm to pull them up right now. Um, but, but I think it was striking seeing on Thursday the gap in quality between the four teams uh, that advanced. Yes. Um, Kent State, 79th in the country. Uh, Toledo, 87th, so pretty close there. Is this what, Ken Palm? Uh, Bart Torvik, which is very similar to Ken Palm. Uh, You'll get very similar ratings. Gotcha. Uh, Akron, 108th, uh, so they're 21 spots below uh, Toledo. And then Ohio at 137. The next highest, Ball State at 171. Yeah. Um, So you have uh, over a a 30-team gap between uh, those two teams. So just kind of seeing clear tiers being established in the MAC, and I think next season it's going to be interesting because you know uh, Kent graduates, uh, sincere Carey, uh, and Malik Jacobs, uh, yeah, both uh, Carey first team All MAC, Jacobs Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Toledo is going to be graduating uh, a couple of their key scores um, as well. So it's it's kind of a time of transition. I think it's going to be interesting seeing which MAC teams grab players from the portal yeah. because 
I think the guy who had the second biggest impact in ending Ohio season, Dante Maddox, he was kind of a surprise portal acquisition for mm-hmm. Toledo. Um, OU grabbing Jalen Hunter was pretty expected because once Mark Sears walked out the door, you needed to replace him. Um, but Toledo did a great job replacing Ryan Rollins with yeah. uh, Dante Maddox. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see which Mac programs also kind of strike gold in the off season, but that's uh, that's about all I got on Mac basketball yeah. this year. We can uh, we can move forward to March next year, but um, some football right now. Yeah, I think we will um, we'll take a break before we do that. But real quick, my last kind of thoughts on that: Ohio, they're gonna they were aggressive in the portal last year. Obviously, they went out, got the transfer from Louisville, gave was Nitzer. They got uh, the transfer from Tulane, Devon Baker, who I don't think will be back next year. Uh, no, he um, was uh, he was out of eligibility. Yeah. So, and then obviously Hunter, who is to be determined. Devon had a great final game. He did. He Devon Baker did step up in a big way uh, in that game against Toledo. But unfortunately, the Bobcats couldn't quite get the job done in the MAC tournament. But it will be another off season for Jeff Bowles uh, to potentially attack um, the portal and maybe get aggressive in state with some development as well as grabbing some prospects in the state of ohio and beyond and of course you got to think the think the biggest thing is year two of aj brown he flashed how how talented he can and might be in that game against the uh the ball state cardinals and uh we will we will see but the bobcats sure have a lot to look forward to on the basketball front and then when we come back it's been a busy busy day in the national football league we're going to break down all the moves from the afc north and beyond and some of the moves that haven't happened yet aaron Rodgers, you awake we'll find out later next in sports five games were featured in hockey action last year Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's the, not Kim the Kim and Ruth Show. Show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. If you're a business owner, we know in spite of tough times, you still want to give your business all the financial protection it needs. This is Russ Norris with Matthews Insurance. In over 75 years, our business has been helping to protect Athens area businesses. Ohio Mutual and Matthews Insurance can provide you with the policy designed to serve your needs as well as fast and fair claims service and a great price too. Contact us today at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. I'm Ethan Sargent, joined today by Michael Roth. On this Monday, we just discussed some MAC basketball. We're going to save March Madness for the next couple days, and we're going to focus today, probably most of the rest of this episode, on NFL free agency. And it has been a whirlwind. It has been a lot. And obviously, deals may come in during this conversation. So if they do, you'll be the first to hear it right here live on the Sports Fan. Uh, the most recent deal that came through. Uh, the market, the most notable recent deal was probably the the Las Vegas Raiders signing Marcus Epps from the Eagles. The Eagles have lost a lot of defensive pieces today. Um, two years, $12 million. Uh, so let's, before we discuss some of the more important deals, let's break down some of the biggest ones. And I think the biggest deal yeah, of the I day. Think the quarterback position is probably. Yes, and it is. Uh, so I think the biggest thing about the quarterback position is the guys that have not signed yet. Uh, starting off with a guy who's technically not quite a free agent and Lamar Jackson. His market is still very quiet. No teams have elected to use that non-exclusive trade claw or t- 
tag clause, which would allow them to send two first-round picks to the Ravens in exchange for Lamar, and then would have to obviously sign Lamar to an extension. But as I, I, I was talking about this on Twitter, I don't think any any team wants to do the dirty work of a contract for the Baltimore Ravens, because I think that is what the Ravens want ultimately with this deal. But I think the Lamar story is one that's going to be quiet this week. I really don't think we're going to see much on that front. I think the big story over the next couple of days is a quarterback, number 12, from the Green Bay Packers, and his name is Aaron Rodgers. What he does, he has the New York Jets fan base on strings. He has the— Your hometown. Yeah, my, I am from New York. Plenty of, plenty of friends of mine are— refreshing twitter every second every minute trying to wait waiting for that rapaport notification we're waiting for the Schefter tweet um and obviously we've seen rumors we've seen a lot of jets players tweet cryptic things we've seen guys like sauce gardner Brees hall um mention it on twitter garrett wilson but we haven't seen anything official yet so nothing from the man himself nothing from aaron Rodgers. and i think that's the big thing is we haven't heard anything from Mr. Rogers. We will see, and if it comes through during the rest of the hour, we'll get it right to you. But nothing yet on Aaron Rodgers, but some other quarterbacks signed today. And I think the big one is the guy in Vegas, Jimmy Garoppolo, signing for three years uh, north of $65 million. Um, of course, they lost Derek Carr. Derek Carr was the the marriage was over in once was once Oakland and then became Vegas. Derek Carr, of course, signed with the New Orleans Saints a couple days ago, and now the replacement is Jimmy Garoppolo. For now, it will be determined if they maybe draft somebody. Who knows? Um, of course, all of this may have implications. Did you see the the best news about the Jimmy G situation? Well, what was that? Our uh, our Vegas betting buddies. Took the Raiders from thirty to one to win the Super Bowl to sixty to one wow. after they signed Jimmy G. So not um, a big fan of it in Vegas, no. clearly. Um, yeah, so a couple other quarterbacks moved around as well. Sam Darnold signed a deal with the San Francisco 49ers. That could be interesting. Of course, Brock Port Purdy tore his UCL in the NFC Championship game. His health to be determined. Trey Lance. A lot of health problems there. What will the Niners do at the quarterback spot? We've seen over the past couple of years that you don't need to be the best quarterback in the world to succeed in the San Francisco Kyle Shanahan system. Uh, it will be seen. You know, Darnold's had a few stops. He's shown some flashes, but hasn't been a consistently good quarterback at any stop yet. We will see uh, what ends up happening with that and then let, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball where we saw a lot of the big deals come in on that side today the big one and the one that i think that came pretty much first was javon hargreave heads to those same san francisco 49ers on a four-year about an 80 million dollar deal that was that was a big one uh, a talented defensive player um one of the better defensive tackles out there and the best one on the market um, and then the big one, and one that many Bengals fans were expecting, dreading, but maybe you know we're we're ready for, but not quite ready for, was Jesse Bates. He took off from Cincinnati and is headed to Atlanta on a four-year, sixty-four million dollar deal. Um, the other thing with the Bengals is they think- lost both safeties. Yes, they did. So, so for Cincinnati, we'll start with Cincinnati here. Uh, them getting secondary help seems like either a main priority in the next like three days of free agency or through the in, draft in that's Kansas you, City in a few weeks. That's yeah, where you I, might I see uh, the Bengals look at attacking this. But from an Atlanta perspective, uh, it seemed like after they traded for a blocking tight end that they were maybe going to be in the Lamar sweepstakes. I don't know if giving Jesse Bates that much money takes you out of the Lamar sweepstakes if you um, were in it, but that's going to be interesting to follow because I think that Atlanta is a team that makes a lot of sense um, for Lamar, uh, especially with Arthur Smith. Uh, We saw how Lamar worked with Mark Andrews. Giving him a guy like Kyle Pitts uh, would be very interesting. So I think that's something that you want to take a look at. Does Atlanta still have the money to make an offer at Lamar? Is that something that they're interested in? Is that something that they were ever interested in? Yeah. 
Um, because you know the NFC South is wide open. All right, there are there are no good teams. No, and the, the New Orleans Saints who who have pushed. They just keep kicking their cap, kicking it down the, road. down the door. Uh, it's eventually going to come. I for mean, them. they lost three D linemen today. Yeah, uh, Marcus Davenport is still out there, uh, but he's not going to be a Saint. And then two other guys took off they're no and longer the eagles Saints. also yeah. proving that the cap is very real because if they wanted to keep uh those guys i'm i'm sure they would have but yeah. just from a financial sense uh didn't make a ton of sense for them um you, d- you don't want to get tied down money wise because you see what happens after you tie yourself down money wise and you become the los angeles rams who yeah. made a big deal yesterday mm-hmm. also needing to transition to a yeah. new time in their franchise, a lot of people are thinking Caleb Williams might not have to move yeah. next season. The Rams might be tanking for that number one you pick after think. giving Jalen Ramsey. You got to think, right, that when you have a prospect like Caleb Williams who's going to be on your draft boards in 2024, that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be okay with punting 2023 in order to secure that number one overall pick. And you got to think, if a team that has a quarterback ends up with the first overall pick in 2024, we could see some wild packages around this time next year. I mean, we just saw the package that the Panthers gave to the Bears on Friday for the first overall pick. Or was that Thursday, Thursday or Friday? I can't remember. It was, it was a day. It was, late, it was late last week. With the, of course, the uh, they gave up. Obviously, they traded down to the ninth overall pick, and they got that pick, and they got a second-round pick this year, and they got a first-round pick next year, and a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore, who's no slouch. He's a very capable wide receiver. So it's there, and I mean that was just for. I mean this year, there's really no proven commodity at number one. We've seen. I've seen, you know, obviously Bryce Young was the favorite for a while. Now C.J. Stroud seems to be the favorite. You've got the wild card that is Anthony Richardson, who might have the lowest floor but could easily have the highest ceiling. And then you've got another wild card of Will Levis. Some people are convinced he's a bust, and others think he's the next big thing. So that's um, another interesting a proposition and then of course next year you've got Williams you've got Drake May can't forget about him another very good quarterback prospect and there's there's a lot to look out for and it's going to be a wild couple of years in the NFL sticking with today though the Bengals of course they lost Jesse Bates they lost Von Bell which I think a lot of people weren't expecting I think that a lot of people expected the Bengals to retain Von Bell after letting Bates walk, but now the Bengals are walking into 20 after the safety being such a sure position for the Bengals for the past uh, two or three seasons when they signed Bell and they've had Bates. Now both of those guys walk in the same day. Both of them head to the NFC South. Von Bell went to the Panthers. No no news about I do find that pretty interesting is no contract details have been released about that Von Bell deal, which a lot of those deals, typically the contract details get out and get leaked pretty quickly. Um, interesting that we haven't seen that. Just a, just a side note. Um, but, of course, the, the one positive bit of news for the Bengals today is they did re-sign Jermaine Pratt um, on a good money deal due. Three years, about $21 million. Um, I think that it was a good money deal in terms of, I think Jermaine Pratt saw the money that TJ Edwards got in Chicago, which was the first, pretty much the first free agent deal to go through today. And he was like, all right, I think I can make good money. And uh, he mentioned they, they just put an interview up on the Bengals' website where he said, I wanted continuity. And, I mean, look, it seemed like after that AFC Championship game that he might not have gotten that continuity, that he might have been on his way out. But instead, he stays in Cincinnati on what I think is a, is a good money deal. And Yeah, I mean, especially after you look at um, what the Bears paid for, for and then at, position. And then, so they the Bears... Did that deal for T.J. Edwards, right? Tremaine, I think. Well, oh, no, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I was getting to because then they signed Tremaine Edmonds about an hour later for four years, $72 million. Now, Tremaine Edmonds is a strange case, right? Tremaine Edmonds is 24 years old. However, he has five years of NFL experience. This guy, you know, the, the body, he is still very young, but he is experienced far beyond his years. And an interesting thing to... Um, 
an interesting thing to think about there. But four years, $72 million. The Bears have done a lot of moves over the past few days. Uh, they're the f- trying to reinvigorate a fan base that's been tuned out for a while. I think they're starting to tune back in. Uh, it's a big year coming up for Justin Fields and company. Um, so now, now let's move over to the rest of the AFC North. As there's the been Steelers. a couple other moves. We'll start with the Steelers. It's been fairly quiet today. They did lose a corner in Cam Sutton, but they picked one right back up in a guy with plenty of pedigree, uh, Patrick Peterson is headed to Pittsburgh on a two-year, about $10 million deal. Um, what do you think about that in terms of where Pittsburgh is right now? Um, how can they get better still? Um, yeah, I think it's – sadly, I think it's a good move for the Steelers. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I think that Peterson probably only has one or two more years of playing at a high level, but um, – you know, it was only what like a two, three year deal that they signed him to. Um, so, so I think as long as this is the only deal that Pat Pete signs in Pittsburgh, uh, I think you're getting the end of his prime, um, which is fine because Patrick Peterson might be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. So, even to get a guy like that at the end of his prime, um, we obviously know that cornerbacks can decline pretty quickly. Um, but when you you have a guy who's been that elite. Um, and, and he's not super old just yet. Um, I, I think he's still got a little bit left in the tank for um, yep. Pittsburgh to, to have some value with. And this is a defense that, uh, you know, with T.J. Watt, they gave teams a lot of trouble last season. And uh, it's going to be interesting seeing how they continue to fill out their roster and maybe add some more offensive pieces because uh, – they were they, they figured out a way to win a couple games at the end of the year where they weren't scoring an offensive touchdown to like the final two minutes of the game. Yeah, that Ravens game. You think yeah, and too. well, they did it the week before, I think, as well. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see where the Steelers go to to maybe add some more firepower. But it looks like they're going to be a tough out again. Um, it's in the just AFC North. it's strange because it, 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 every year we lo- you look at the Steelers. Well, the past maybe not every year, but the past couple years you look at them there. Well. You go, wow, they're, they're really not that good. And it looked like, you know, everybody was being vindicated in the first half of 2022. Things were not going well. They were 2-6. and six. Kenny Pickett throws a ton of picks in his first few games. But add down the stretch, Kenny started to turn up. He played, he had some big moments, some key moments, got some big wins. And, you know, Tomlin somehow found a way to keep that, um, that unbeaten record, or not the unbeaten record, the, uh, the over 500 record alive. Um, pretty unfathomable to think about. Uh, when you when you look at when you looked at the Steeler roster that they had last year, it really wasn't very good. They probably shouldn't have been near a playoff spot, but somehow, some way, Mike Tomlin finds a way. Uh, so we're gonna take another quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna break down the other two teams in the AFC North as well as a couple other of the big deals, and maybe some others will roll in during commercial break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the sports fan. The Board of Education of the Federal Honking Local School District will hold a Board Finance Committee meeting on Wednesday at 3 p.m. in the Middle High School Library Conference Room. Executive session may occur. The March meeting of the Alexander Local School Board will take place on Wednesday in the Alexander Library at 7 p.m. Seniors and law enforcement together, a.k.a. SALT, will hold a meeting this Thursday at the Athens Community Center. The potluck lunch and meeting will start at 1 p.m. On Thursday, March 23rd, Community Food Initiatives will host their annual seed potato giveaway at Nelsonville AceNet Business Center located at 296 South Harper Street in Nelsonville. Over 30,000 pounds of seed potatoes and 10,000 pounds of baking potatoes will be available and free to the public between 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. For more information, call 740-593-5971. That's what's happening from your friends here at 970 WATH 97.3 FM and Power 105. The Blue Jackets will be even more exciting this year with the addition of top free agent scorer Johnny Goudreau, who can't wait to join his teammates. I've heard so many good things about how close the group is, and that's important to me. You know, you, you want to play with guys who support each other and get along in the locker room and will love playing together, and that was uh, really important to me as well. Come see Johnny and the Blue Jackets this year as they fire the cannon at Nationwide Arena. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get yours by going to bluejackets.com. 
from Gerza Realty and Building. It's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms and acreage too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015. 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. 5913015. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. The Sports Fan, where we can only do awesome metal riffs for our coming, our belt uh, to come back from commercial. I rock. It's Ethan Sargent. It's Michael Roth on the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contract, and we're breaking down all the NFL free agency deals for the next approximately 18 minutes. And let's jump to the let's jump to the rest of the AFC North. We broke down the Bengals and Steelers moves today. Uh, the Ravens have been fairly quiet in terms of signing players. They did release Calais Campbell, however, which could be something. You know, he may resign, he may not. But again, what do you think um, the Ravens need to do? Obviously, they came up just short. We've discussed Lamar a little bit. Uh, but outside of the Lamar question, which is the biggest problem in Baltimore right now, where do the Ravens need to improve um, in order to make the next step to find maybe you know finally get over that Bengals hump that they haven't been able to get over the past couple of years and take back the division? Yeah, it's uh, it's keeping Lamar healthy. This is a team where the last two seasons their year shifted the day Lamar Jackson went down. And, you know, in 2021, that was uh, a day in Cleveland where the Ravens had just beaten the Browns in Baltimore in a game where Lamar played maybe his worst game of his career. Um, But they were in first place in the division near the top of the AFC. He goes down. uh, Browns managed to hold off a Trent Hundley comeback. And then the wheels came off. For the Ravens season immediately after that. Yep. Last year, a similar thing happened. Uh, you know, the Ravens were a little feistier without Lamar last year, especially in the playoff game against the Bengals. Yeah. But a lot of lot of Ravens fans questioning what if Huntley goes low. It's yeah. been the question of the offseason outside of Lamar for the majority of the Raven fan base. Yeah, a lot of coulda, shoulda, woulda um in Baltimore, but it's uh it, it's a boring answer, but I, I think it is the only answer that matters because Baltimore is a, a storied franchise that it has shown that they're going to have a tough defense. Harbaugh just knows how to manage a team. Um, they don't have a lot of like bizarre situations in the locker room compared yep. to some other teams. Um, it, it seems like they do the little things well. Uh, they've had an elite kicker for the past I don't know how many capital, years. Capital E elite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, S tier near the top of the it. level. Um, so I, I really think that it it's as simple as that for Baltimore. It's can you keep Lamar and can you keep Lamar on the field next yeah. season? No, I, I agree. And I mean, does that, I mean, the big question Baltimore is can they get Lamar some weapons if they do end up resigning him? And then if they don't, if Lamar ends up going somewhere else before the season starts, where do you go? Um, and obviously with a lot of the other quarterbacks already off the market and will be off the market in the next couple of days, it could be a very interesting few weeks for Baltimore before the draft um, to see what they do in terms of trying to keep Lamar as well as um, potentially strengthening what they already have. You know, we've seen some rumors. One thing I will say, kind of zooming out a little bit, is that the wide receiver market is very quiet. We, I don't believe we've seen a single wide receiver free agency deal today. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think we've seen one. Um, the only real notable running back news we've seen today is that Austin Eckler is pretend, uh, has asked permission from the Chargers to talk to teams about a trade but since that announcement which was one of the first announcements when the tampering period started at 12 o'clock p.m eastern time today we haven't really seen anything else about that no real rumors just a request for permission and that's it so the offensive skill position market other i mean the tight end market is still kind of there's been some quiet moves here and there josh oliver went to minnesota 
um, a couple other deals here and there, but none of the big name. I mean, it's not a crazy tight end for agent class, but still guys like Hayden Hurst are still out there on the tight end um, market. Guys like um, Jamal Williams have not signed in the running back market. Um, and then the receiver market, you've got, you know, the trade rumors for DeAndre Hopkins have not really materialized into anything. That's why the Bears yeah. getting an elite wide receiver yeah. from the Panthers in that trade. Apparently, um, it was either going to be a 2025 first or DJ Moore. And the Bears wanted DJ Moore. Um, and the funny thing is, DJ Moore would already be the career receiving yards leader in Chicago Bears franchise history. <laughs> that is it's un- that's unbelievable. That is insane. I mean, DJ Moore came into the league in 2018. Like, this is not I an- know. this is not ancient history. No. Like and I mean, it's crazy for as storied a franchise as Chicago is. I mean, of course a lot of their success when you think of successful Bears players, you don't really think of quarterbacks. You think of a, a one specific running back and you think of defensive players. So of course, a storied franchise, but it's been a real long time since they've really tasted hardcore success. Of course, 2018, they had that great defense, but um, we don't talk about what happened in that playoff game. And since then, it's just been a lot of mediocre to bad seasons. And hopefully now, for Bears fans, and Ryan Poles is doing, doing his job, um, and he has certainly secured them a look at a better future now justin fields things went well this past year for him he was able to run the ball really well i think he's really gonna have to step up with his arm this year um we're gonna see what that looks like of course as an ohio state fan myself i do like to see justin Fields succeed so we'll move on to the final team in the afc north that we haven't hit yet and that is the cleveland browns it's been a a fairly quiet day but they have made some pretty solid moves they did re-sign one of their own ethan pochich comes back uh, the center who was, was out injured for the back half of the season, but was a very good piece in the beginning of the year. And they got him on a good deal as well. Um, and then the big deal today was bringing in Obo Onkaronkwo. Tough, I'm tough glad last you said name. That name. I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to go for it. I got it right because as a Bengals fan, I was doing my free agency homework, and he was a guy I looked at and, and wanted. And he was a very talented player. Um, he was a guy uh was on the rams was a uh was on the rams when they super went to the bowl super champion. bowl yeah super bowl, champion. super bowl champion uh it also went to the super bowl with the rams back in super bowl 50 uh whenever the one was with golf was that 53 um i believe it was he was on that team in 2018 as well oh okay yeah so he's been um that. yeah so then he was with houston last season played pretty well had a five sack season but by no means does that detract from his ability. He, I think, ranked like eighth in pressures or something like that, even though he generated a lot. He generates a lot of double teams, but eats pressures. And when you think about who he's lining up across from on that Browns line, you've got a premier defensive line, defensive edge rusher in Miles Garrett alongside of him. What does Obo Alcaronquel bring to the, uh, the Jim Schwartz defense, the new look Jim Schwartz defense in 2023? Um, Hopefully just a little bit more consistency in health than what Jadavian Clowney gave him. Because, yeah. uh, you know, in 2021, Clowney was a productive piece for the Browns playing alongside Miles Garrett. And, you know, it, it ended kind of weird um, with Clowney. But I always thought that he brought good stuff to the table. And I think outside of playing quarterback for Kyle Shanahan, I think being the defensive end across miles garrett has to be one of the easiest positions to play in the nfl yeah like he is just going to demand double teams whenever and you're going to be getting the worst tackle um getting advantageous spots to rush the quarterback um this is this could be really good for uh for the browns and oboe because uh their, their pass rush w- was good last year, um, but w- with better better defensive tackle play, it, it could be a solid, a really solid front seven. Yeah, I, I think for me what it seems like with that move is that um, obviously there were a lot of rumors with the Browns and Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones is not signed anywhere as of yet. 
um, could be somebody that the Browns still potentially target. Um, but I do think the Browns are going to make some splashes in the draft in terms of looking at developing the defense with younger players. I think they'll attack the secondary in that way. They've had success in the past with attacking the secondary in the draft with guys like Ward and um, Greg Newsom, and then this past season, Martin Emerson. So I think that the Browns, they're, they're starting to build their, you know, the foundations are there. The talent is there. There's still a lot of the guys that were on that 2020 team that are still there, as well as plenty of young talent as well to go with that. Um, and for me, that defense um, with the new scheme, with some an injection of some talent, could, could get back to where it was in 2020, if not be better than that. But it, obviously, it's going to take a lot of effort, and they're going to need to hit on the draft picks as well because... Reminder to Cleveland fans, no first-round pick this year or next year um, due to the Deshaun Watson trade. And, of course, another thing we should mention is that Deshaun Watson's contract was restructured so the Cleveland Browns were able to create about $36 million in cap space um, by restructuring that deal. So the way that, obviously, Deshaun Watson had this big-time contract the Browns paid him $230 million fully guaranteed. But what this move does is it's kind of like we were talking about with the Saints where they just, they're just they just kicking it down the road. So when you look at some of these numbers for Deshaun Watson's cap hit later in the year uh, or later in the future, some of them are not pretty. $64 million uh, after, in 2024, 2025, and 2026. Um, those are going to be numbers that are going to be tough. So the cap hit for 2023 is now down to $19.1 million. But as I said, the $64 million for each of the next three years, and then 2027, which is a void year, actually comes out to just $9 million. So the Browns might have to do some more cap wizardry in the future when it comes to Deshaun Watson's contract, but it will be... We will see what happens with that. We're going to take one last break. When we come back, we'll round up the rest of the day in NFL Free Agency, and then we'll give you our surefire hot picks. Here's what's going on. The 26th Annual Children's Fishing Tournament will be held on Saturday, April 1st at the American Legion located at 520 West Union Street in Athens. There will be a 50-50 drawing, food and raffles, and much more available. Doors will open at noon. Drawing starts at 3 p.m. For more information, to donate, or to volunteer, call Bobby Nelson at 740-683-9603. Dover Township Athens Community will be doing their annual cemetery cleanup March 20th through March 24th. Those with decorations at these local cemeteries please make sure you remove what you would like to keep before the cleanup dates. And finally, the VFW Post 7174 in the Plains is proud to present the High Roller Adult Prom on Saturday, April 15th at 8 p.m. For more information, call the club at 740-797-4946. That's what's happening from your friends here at 970 WATH 97.3 FM and Power 105. You imagine it so often, it's almost real. That one dream vacation you know someday you'll take. Then, out of the blue, cancer. And that dream goes off exactly as planned. Well, I would know, kiddo. I'm in the big city with my two best girls. Our fourth big trip since I heard the words cancer-free from my doctor at Ohio Health. All right, girls, let's get another ice cream. You keep making plans. Visit ohiohealth.com slash keep making plans. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. All right, welcome back to the Sports Fan, presented by Jacob Contracting. I'm Ethan Sargent, alongside Michael Roth. And real quick, before we're running, we're running a little low on time. So we'll run you through a couple of the deals you may have missed as you might have been locked in to the sports fan uh just now ian rapaport tweeting that the giants have signed colts free agent linebacker bobby okariki um that's a good deal to bolster the middle of their defense um 
couple other deals. David Long Jr., the linebacker from the Titans, is going to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have made some great moves. Vic Fangio now leading that defense. And now you've got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on the outside. You've got Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips rushing the passer. And now you get a guy like David Long to anchor the middle of that defense. Could be scary in Miami. And, um, you know, we didn't really mention Buffalo today because they haven't done a ton outside of signing an offensive lineman. But you got to be think they're looking at Miami and they may be looking at New York if they do end up signing Aaron Rodgers and saying, Oof, you know, this division might be real tough. Um, obviously, we mentioned that Marcus Epps deal. Are there any other deals, Roth, that you caught your eye throughout the day? No, we're just waiting on. Um, yeah, we're waiting on Jacoby to make a decision. <laughs> he's he's another one that I do think we'll see sign a deal here pretty soon. I would not be surprised. Um, I think if I had to pick a favorite deal of the day, it might be the Bucks bringing back Jamel Dean. Um, you know the Bucks are a team that are you know it, their quarterback situation is also a little unclear. Um, but they bring back Jamel Dean, uh, four years, fifty-two million dollars. That was the best cornerback on the market. And, you know, they, they bring him back. Uh, might have taken some convincing. It might have taken some dollars. But it's a good deal to bring him back. So let's jump into our surefire hot picks. Roth, would you do us the honors of starting us off? It's not the most packed night in terms of action in the sports world. Uh, obviously, we're, we're lacking in college basketball action until Thursday. Uh, or, excuse me, Wednesday when we got the first four. Tuesday, too. All right, Tuesday, even better. So we, we only got one day without college basketball. We, we could deal with that. What do we got tonight? Uh, we'll go to the pros. Uh, I'll take Memphis minus three and a half uh, against Dallas. Uh, no Luka, no Kyrie for the Mavericks. And um, I, I think Memphis, even without Ja, is a little better than people think. So yeah. um, we'll take them. It's on ESPN at 730. So uh, if you want to have a nice casual casual yeah. night, take Memphis minus three and a half. Interesting. Uh, a lot of people will probably be watching that on ESPN because there's not not much there's not much else yeah it's it's as i said it's a quiet night in the sports world the quiet before the storm that is this coming week i will stick with the nba as well it's a high over of 234 and a half between phoenix and golden state but i'll take it you've got devin booker you got steph curry you got clay thompson that's a lot of points that's a lot of buckets that'll do it for the sports fan for michael roth i've been ethan Sargent. so long from w-a-t-h